my word tonight uh, for you is uh, God's word, your final answer. It's uh, interesting. I've been watching uh, some of the one of the TV programs that I was watching. They, there was an advertisement for who wants to be a millionaire. You know, if you ask that just general question, most people would say, sure, sign me up. I'd have that. I'd, I'd take that. But part of that game show is they, they ask you to state your answer. And right before he seals that deal, he says, is that your final answer? And I want us to settle in our heart that tonight that God's word is going to be our final answer. In Isaiah 55, I want to, I want to read out Isaiah 55. You know, God is speaking through the prophet Isaiah. He's speaking through this uh, word and in, in providing them hope. He's providing them correction. He's providing them promises. And part of the time, he's prophesying uh, clear forward into the Messiah, of Messiah when Jesus comes. Last week, we talked in Isaiah 59. And we're not going to spend as much time here as we did last week. I was a little bit disappointed. I, I hardly even got into, in fact, I, I don't even know if I got into the New Testament, which is very, very rare. If you haven't watched me very many times, uh, I, I, I refer to both. But we, we settle in the New Testament primarily, obviously, for uh, us as believers the. Old Testament needs to be filtered through our covenant in the New Covenant. And so sometimes it can be uh, a little bit hard to interpret for us today. But most of the time, you, when you look at it, if you consider it by the covenant, by the New Covenant, and you consider it by what uh, God's provided through the cross and apply it that way, it still speaks. It's not just history, but it's still a valuable word to us. Well, here in Isaiah 55... Jesus, or not Jesus, Isaiah the prophet is speaking to the children of Israel. And he says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways, my ways. Now I hear people talk about that all the time. And they, they just say, yeah, God. And he goes on. He says, as, high, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. And so God paints a picture. He says, you're, you're down here, I'm up here. But yet when Jesus comes, what did he say? He, he gave them promise in John chapter 14 about the Holy Spirit coming. And in fact, it, when Jesus went away, what was the first thing he did? He, he sent him, he said, go and wait for me so the Holy Spirit can come. And he's going to empower you. He's going to remind you, direct you, give you what you need to be my disciples and fulfill the the, the plan, the purpose of God in the earth. And, and so it sounds like God's saying, I'm way up here, you're way down here. But remember who he's talking to. He's talking to a bunch of people who had pushed God away and were rejecting God. And he's really saying, look, you're not thinking high enough. You're thinking small or you're thinking limited. See, my, my title is God's Word your final answer. But my question is, is God's word your final answer? And you who are watching online, that's the thing that you, you ask yourself. Is God's word my final, my final answer? See, there's a lot of words going around. There's a lot of words from experts. There's a lot of words from, uh, from people who slept at Holiday Inn Express last night. You know, like they say, I, I may not be an expert, but I slept, you know, that joke. But here it is, we've got people coming up with reasonable thoughts. We've got, we got doctors' opinions, 
We got financial experts' opinions. We got Democrats' opinions. We got Republican opinions. And depending on which side of that deal you're on, you're like, oh, wow. But see, here's the, here's the thing we want to always remember is those are facts that are connected to what's available. I'm not saying any of them would be right or wrong. Uh, the doctors, I mean, obviously we respect what doctors and the, the experts are saying or we'd have this place build up like we do every Tuesday night. But we've chosen to, to set... To, to adjust our, our life according to what they're saying. But just because they say that pandemic is in control, I'm going to step back a little bit and say, okay, God, but but what do you say? See, that's always the thing I want to I look at is what does God say about my given situation, whatever it is. See, because there's a lot of things that are out there in this world and they're based on fact and they're based on reason and they're based on speculation and they're based on history. And I've watched God in my life and, and in many of your lives and in the life of my the churches I've had opportunity to pastor, I've watched all those things succumb to the word of God, be, be leveled out. Like we talked about in Isaiah 59 last week, when the enemy comes in, like a flood... Remember, remember, the NIV says, like water pent up, God comes in to take care of the situation. You say, well, you're just trying to give us hope. You're just, you're just trying to be too positive. Well, if I'm guilty of that, then, then I guess I am. Because listen, regardless of what we face, listen, I know, I understand. I'm in the cattle business. I understand markets affect things. But more importantly, I'm in the kingdom of God economy Amen. because I've put my trust and my hope in him. Willie and I were, he's running the camera. Willie and I were talking earlier about finances. You know, a lot of churches get afraid because we're not having service. And now how are we going to keep our budget up? And how are we going to continue to operate it? And, and what are these things that, that, that could be an issue? Well, was God our source before? See, because what I've told my my church before my elders before the people that were that were looking at the the finances of a church i always tell them i said look god uses the people he uses other means there's always a way for god to show up and do something but a lot of times we get to looking at well there's only a few people how's god going to do it well, I've always seen God do amazing things no matter, no matter the, uh, what it looked like in the natural because we choose to trust God. We don't put that condition that says, well, I could if. See, that's thinking down here. i got to get my thoughts higher. Now, that doesn't mean that God can't think higher. He obviously does. But that does mean that I want to I begin to consider the word of God above other things so that I begin to think like more like what God thinks. Because you think God went, oh, man, I, I really thought everything was all right. But, man, this, this pandemic. Does that, sound like, does that sound like you're cussing to anybody else? <laughs> I don't know. It hit me one day. I was like, pandemic. You know, it just, it just sounds like you're cussing. Now, now <laughs> I'm having a little bit of fun with that. This is a serious thing. 
But I mean, for you know, we, we've, we've got to also make a little bit light of this. Because God didn't fall off the throne because there's a worldwide pandemic. God didn't fall off the throne because the stock market's going boom, down low. The, the, God didn't fall off the throne because the cattle market's down. Or, or you, you may be in a position where you're about to lose your job or maybe already have. Listen, I understand there is a, a stress level out there. But God's word didn't change because the economy did. Because the, the health department, CDC says, or, or, or all these other things. Now listen, we can still be wise. Still, I mean, now I, I don't think you have to take six months worth of, I went to the store to get milk. Now how many days can you save milk up? I mean, you know, I had to pay $4 for a half a gallon of organic milk. I would never have done that. But it was the only milk left. And so I paid four and a half dollars for a half a gallon of milk because everybody else had gone nuts and taken two gallons. And they're probably going to dump half a sour milk gallon out or, or a whole one because they can't drink it fast enough. Anyway, that's, I'm just messing with you. If you're out there and you've got extra milk, I, no, I, we found some. We're good. We're good. But, you know, in, in all seriousness, no, we need to consider... And be wise about all the things that, that we're in. But we need to consider it according to the word, the word of God. Now let me ask you something. Or let's keep reading here. He says in verse 10. He says, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven. And do not return to it without watering the earth. Now we know about that right now. My pickup is covered in mud. In fact, today I had to haul my four-wheeler to go check my cattle that I thought. Neighbor called, thought my cattle were out. Come find out it was. We don't, I don't even know whose they are. They're not mine. But I, I drove all the way up there, took my four-wheeler, went drove around the section because it was so muddy. The rain has come down. It is saturated. But what's it doing? Everything's greening up. I don't have to worry. We could go for two months with no more rain, and the grass is still going to grow. We're, we're, it, it's producing. It does something. It's valuable. It, it's doing a work. So the rain came down. It, it, and it does not return without watering the earth and make, uh, and make it bud and flourish so that it yields, notice, seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So he says God is providing. See, that, that's, that's one of those, those verses that you can, you can tie in and understand. If I'm willing to be a sower, a generous person, one that helps others, God's going to give me opportunity. And if I need to eat, God's going to provide. And I'll promise you, if, if where eating's concerned, we could, look, we could miss a, a meal or two and still probably be all right, right? Most of us. Verse 11, I better keep going before I get in trouble. Don't turn me off just because I'm teasing you. Verse 11, so is my word that goes out of my mouth, from my mouth. This is the verse I wanted to get to. Isaiah 55, verse 11. So my word goes out of my mouth, it will not return to me empty or void, the King James says. It will not return to me empty. So his word goes, and he paints a picture of rain. It goes into the earth. Why? To do something. To cause growth. To cause, cause things to bud. To cause things to increase. He says, it will not return to me empty, but... It will accomplish what I desire 
and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Now, that, those verses right there are valuable to me because when I start considering all the words that I'm hearing, I, I told him Sunday morning, I've watched more news because of trying to make decisions about how to lead the church and what to do. I, I've, I've listened to more news in the last two weeks, maybe three, than I have in the last two years, I think. <laughs> because we've had to have information. There's a lot of words out there. But here's the thing that I want us to see. If God's word doesn't return void or empty... And it accomplishes what he desires, according to what this is saying. And it does achieve the purpose that he sent it. Then let me ask you, what word will you take as your final answer? See, it's okay to listen to him. I think the social distancing thing is fine. I think it's important. That's why we're doing it. Uh, I, 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 I go to the gas pumps. I wipe the handles off. That's not out of fear. That's just out of... Being smart, being wise. <laughs> I, I did forget earlier today and driving down the road and on the phone and I went, oh man. And I pulled out one of the little white wipes and wiped my hands, wiped the steering wheel, wiped my phone and everything else, you know. Just trying to be, be, be cautious. I'm around a lot of people. I don't want to spread this thing, right? But see, what does the word say? Because we can either get into fear about it or we get walk into wisdom about it. What's our final answer? Well, let, let's, let's look at uh, Mark chapter 11. We'll look over here at Mark chapter 11, and, and, and God says, or Jesus speaks, some things that are pretty wild about our words and about our heart belief and about our prayer life. See, because rather than just take their word, their word is important. We, we take that information. But my final answer, my final word, is what's most important. Verse 20, uh, we'll go Mark chapter 11, verse 20. In the morning as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. Peter remembering and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered. Now, he, remember, he had come through the day before or one uh, gospel said, I think it was 48 hours, but 24 to 48 hours, period of time. They came in, he cleansed the temple, came back by, he was coming back through, past that tree again. And they went, wow, your words changed the, the, the condition of that tree. You spoke, you cursed it, and it's responded. And what does Jesus, how does he respond? Verse 22, he says, have faith in God. So he immediately draws him back to looking to God considering these things. Excuse me. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly I tell you that if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what, he say, what they say, what he says, they say, will happen, it will be done for them. So Jesus says something very bold. He says, you can do as I just did, praying and getting results. But see, there's not power in our prayer in this regard if it's not in line with what God's word says. Notice the first thing he said. Don't get all excited about just cursing something and speaking something and saying something. 
Go to God. Get his word. What does his word say? He says, have faith in God. And then he says, I tell you that if you say to this mountain, and does not doubt. See, whenever we consider all the words that are out there, we got to also consider God's word. See, when, when they start talking about sickness and disease and plagues and, and all of these things that could happen, we got to look at it kind of like Max Lucado said. He said, fear and anxiety are cousins. Not twins, but cousins. My brother-in-law ministered this over in uh, uh, at, at a church, and I had to call him and ask him where he got that or, or ask him for it. And he said it was Max, Max Lucado. But he said, fear sees a threat. So it's actually able to see it. But anxiety imagines one. Now, now just think about that. These words, everything that we're hearing is speculation. It may be uh, uh, educated speculation. It may be uh, seen from solid facts. But for us, especially right here, now it's different. I've got family and my daughter in, in New York City. That's, that's a whole different world out there. My sister in Seattle, my brother in L.A. Uh, that, that's a different situation on another level than what we are. But the same thing they're saying is those things could come to us. What about the financial challenges? I mean, it doesn't take a rocket science to see things are changing. That, that some have solid Jobs, others, you know, you, there's 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 a lots of, of challenges there. But you know what? The same God that fed the five thousand is alive and well today. So we want to consider the same God that makes a way and provides can be there for us as well. But we got to have first of all faith in God, and that faith in God and faith in His Word enables us to have a belief in our heart that re rejects and overcomes the doubt. So when I start to consider what's the final, my final answer, I got to go with God. Okay, so that means if it comes, God's going to provide. If financial challenges come, God's going to provide. He's going to supply. And so I, I, need to, I need to begin to, to stand on the word of God for my final answer. He'll make a way. I've talked to some of these uh, singers and, and, and uh, the people that come here to play and and, and minister us in songs, you know, man, they're they're getting canceled. I've been there. I, I was a we we traveled and ministered, and boy, there was times you know we had a lot of meetings, and there was times we didn't, and 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 boy, when you're when you're having to believe God for your next rent payment and, and the ability to go buy groceries, that that changes how you pray, that changes how you trust, that changes all those things. Uh, I was in a, a meeting with some other pastors today. And one of the things that was brought up is how are you going to manage your finances of your church in, in, this, in this situation? And, and our, our, my statement was, we're going to lead by example. I'm going to lead by example. i got to trust God just like you do. i got to give just like you should. i got to sow, I, and I do, but sow those, uh, those, those types of words out there that God is enough. God will provide. Now, how do we live by example? One of the things we do, we step out, we, we operate in faith. We're not going to sit and talk about everything that could go wrong. We're going to talk about God and his provision and his ability to, to find a way and make a way. Verse 24, I, we need to get to this one. He says, therefore, I tell you, 
Jesus still speaking. Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Now, the NIV put that right there, and, and I think the King James says it the same way. But believe, believe, believe that you have received, received it. What, what, what do you just do there? He put it in past tense. Meaning, is, has it showed up yet? No. But he's, he said, what you pray for, believe you receive it. Now, I was driving around feeding cattle, uh, and I was on a, a muddy road with ruts, and, and I, was, I, was, I couldn't hardly get out of them. I mean, I didn't really have to. I didn't have to say Jesus take the wheel. I just, you know, just could just drive, and it was staying in the, you know, staying in the rut. So I was messing with my phone. It was almost like auto steer. I was only going about 15 miles an hour, and and I'm plowing along through this old muddy road, and had two bales on the back, and I so I was trying to be easy with my truck, and 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 I'm, but I'm I'm work, and I'm writing. God's given me some some of these things to work. See, when I start thinking about that scripture, praying and having believed. He said, the thought came, how do I measure that? When I, when I pray and believe that I've received it, where does that confidence, that assurance, that faith come? Remember, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The assurance, the NIV says, the assurance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. The confidence of things. So, so all those different words, but it's that knowing, that confidence, right, of faith. That's how we know we're saved. Why? How do we know we're saved? Jesus gave us his promise. He made the provision for it. And then the Apostle Paul said, if we'll confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, sounds like this verse right here, then you shall be saved. And so where's our confidence in that? Our confidence is in who backs it, who promised it. Who spoke that word? So here's what the Lord showed me as I was driving around feeding cattle. What can you praise God for? I mean, really. What can you go ahead and praise God for? See, if you're praying for something and you're still in the asking and requesting mode, God still wants us to do that. But when we get into that place of moving mountains... We can ask ourselves, can I pray, can I go ahead and praise God when I get done for the answer, for the end result? See, when we're in, and how this applies to us in the day we're in, we're inundated, overwhelmed, flooded with hopeless thoughts and imaginations, anxiety. Painting a great, grim picture for men. I mean, some of you are locked in. I've, I've got two daughters that they're, they're in places, parts of our country, and a sister where they've shut them down. My brother, uh, my other brother-in-law. I mean, I've got family members. They're already shut in. They've said, don't, you can't go get out. See, it's grim. We still have some freedoms. We still can go to the store when we want to. Now, that, may, that may change soon. That doesn't matter. I got to ask myself, God, what am I going to trust you in? See, no matter how bad that gets, I'm going to put my trust in God. That he's going to make a way, get me through, provide. In every 
In every catastrophe, disaster, problem, there is a way through and there is an opportunity. You know, even like this, we're, we're getting an opportunity to focus more attention on, on a video podcast or a video, uh, the, these uh, live streamings, <laughs> I couldn't spit it out. And we're getting an opportunity to get before more people. I'd rather have this thing full and do this, okay? That's what we'll get back to. We will get back there. But I tell you what, I want to I wanna see us, we want to we wanna think of things and consider, okay, God, when I go before my circumstance or my situation, can I praise him for what I'm praying for? So if you begin, if you go before God and you say, God, I, uh, help me. Well, there's a lot of Psalms that give us, enable us to put words to a way to praise God for his help. But you know what gets even better? When we start looking at examples out of the scriptures. So like I said last week, when, boy, this is a time to go to the Bible. Go, go to the Bible and go look and see what did God do for Gideon? What did God do for Daniel? What did God do for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? What did God do for, for the children of Israel when they were standing at the banks of the Red Sea? You say, oh, those are just stories. They're not stories to me. Those are accounts of a living God that did miraculous things for the people he loved who would trust him. See, I, I want to see God do something like, like we talked about last week where he comes in like a flood and raises a standard against it. I'm believing God to do something so that there is no doubt. It wasn't the Democrats. It wasn't the Republicans. It wasn't President Trump. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't the stock market. It was God and God alone. And I can guarantee you this, regardless of how God does it, I'm giving him glory. But now when I come back over here and I begin to pray about my circumstances and I pray about my situations I'm in, can I praise God when I get done? So I need to, I just thought you were praising the Lord. I, I don't have a clock and so my, my mom was giving me, I just thought she was just praising the Lord over here. She was waving at me my 30 minutes. Y'all can't see that. See, if you were, you, you know, we'll, we, we got to bring you in on it. Thank you. But I can tell you this. I, I want to ask myself, what can I praise him for? See, I, I feel this just like you do. Sometimes maybe, maybe more because I'm. But when we consider what we're up against. Can we go to God's word and begin to find his answer? You know, uh, 2 Peter 1.3 says that everything that we need for life and godliness or a godly life comes through the knowledge of him. We, we, we can look at scripture and begin to look at, God, how do we get through these circumstances and these situations? I, I was going to relate the story, and I'll just, I'll just relate the story of, of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Over in Daniel. And I'll just relate this story to you as we close. Because here in, in the book of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were the three Hebrews that God raised up and they were faithful to God. And they were given an option. He said, You bow to the golden calf, worship another, uh, an idol, another God. Or you go into the fiery furnace. 
And their statement was this, and, and concerning this issue that we're in, I, I just want to, where this pandemic is concerned, I, I want you to look at this. In verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to, to King Nebuchadnezzar, We do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the fiery furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand, from your hand, O majesty, O king. So they settled the final word. If, if uh, whatever that guy that does the final, that does that, who wants to be a millionaire, I can't spit his name out, but if he, he looks at him and says, is that your final answer? Nebuchadnezzar said, is that your final answer? And they said, yep. Now they went on, Verse 18 says, but even if he doesn't, we want you to know, your majesty, that he will, we will not serve your gods and worship the image of gold that you've set up. Now, I thought about that and where this pandemic we're concerned, where, where children of God are concerned, if we come through this trusting God, we cannot lose. We sang Sunday morning, victory in Jesus. My Savior forever. He sought me. He bought me with His redeeming love. See, that's the, the confidence that we have. We're locked into Him. We're holding, even if we lost life on this earth from this pandemic, we don't lose life because we have Jesus Christ. Even if we lost all financial. Uh, the, the, the business you've built, the, the, the house you've held, even if you lost it. You know, this is a wonderful thing about all this is we can, we can honestly come back and, and, and consider and, and look at our entire life and say, God, what is all this compared to you? See, one of the things that struck me about this, there may be people that run to God out of fear in the midst of this. And you know what? God opens his arms to you. He loves you. But at night, on nine, on, uh, or on 2000, when we, when we changed over, there was a lot of people thought it was the end of the world. After 9-11, a lot of people wondered what was going on. They ran to church. But after a little while, they dropped away. And you could be one of those. But don't, don't come to God just because he will make it all better. Come to God because he's already made it all better. He's already provided eternal life. He's already made, he, he's already made us right with God. We've won when we, when we accept Jesus Christ as Lord of our life. These material things, even this life here on earth is nothing compared to eternity and a life with him. See, they made a choice. They said, he's going to deliver us. But even if he didn't, we're not, we're not bowing. We're not leaving our God. We're trusting him. See, the reason I tied that together, and I'll wrap it up with this. The reason I tied those, those, those scriptures together and asked you, what can you praise God for? See, sometimes we pray out of hope. We pray, God heal me so I don't have to have this surgery. We pray, God, take it away so I don't have to go through treatments. And then if things don't 
measure out like we wanted. I've seen this happen. People turn their back on God. But when we settle with finality, God, you've got it. You've got me. Your word will never fail. We can settle on that, God, that's enough. And when we settle on that being enough, then that gives us a chance to praise him regardless. See, I always say, I thank God for what he's done, what he's doing, and what he's going to do. I begin almost every prayer with, Father, I thank you. I praise you. Not because it's a habit, but because I've made myself settle on God, I'm going to praise you. Praise you in the midst of the storm. Praise you in the midst of the battle. Praise you in the midst of the fire. See, those, those three Hebrew children, or, or we call them Hebrew children, those young men, they weren't children at this time, but, but young, young men, as they went into that fiery furnace, they came through it. Came through it. Didn't even smell like smoke. Didn't have singed hair. Only thing they lost were the bands that were holding them, the ropes that they were bound with. Man, when God brings us through, he brings us through in a great way. And you know what? Some of the best thing that could happen to some people is they go through that fire and come out on the other side loosed and freed from every hindrance that's held them. Man, I tell you what, what an opportunity we're in. Because, see, we can slow our lives down, begin to change and transform some things, Set priorities, set aside things that weren't God's, from God, his provision, or his best for us, and put things in order so that we can give God praise. See, let me, let me challenge you again. When you go to God in prayer and you say amen, can you praise him for what you're believing for? Well, see, when we've begun with a relationship with Jesus Christ. And we've taken this word and we've chosen to put it first and foremost. And we've let it be the first and final word even when some of the circumstances say something different. That gives us an ability to go before God in confidence and in praise. To rejoice in Him. To thank Him. To praise Him. And that, and that demonstrates the faith that we have. We're not praising him because it got here. We're praising him that it's on its way. So I got to close tonight. But but I want to challenge you. You know, I don't know who all's watching. I can't see my, my phone. It's a little bit too far away to see who all's commenting. I can see a bunch of comments on there. And I'm glad you're here with us. But you know, there may be people that are watching this that haven't made Jesus Lord of their life. Or they're not sure that they... That where they stand before, if they stood before God today, they don't know where they stand. I want to give you an opportunity to make a quality decision today to say, my final answer is Jesus is Lord. My final answer is Jesus is my source. Jesus is my hope. Jesus is my future. I'm going to entrust my life to Him. If everything else is burned up. If everything else goes away, I'll not turn. I'll not set aside. I'll not let go of that word. 
I just want to pray real quickly if you're driving and don't, don't close your eyes. But I just want you to pray with me as we close. Father, we just come before you tonight. and Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to come on behalf of, of Chisholm Trail Cowboy Church and upon the, the, the body of believers that, that it's represented. But Lord, I thank you that we have opportunity and probably have a lot of people outside of this that are, are with us tonight. And we're so thankful for that. Father, I pray that in the midst of this pandemic, the midst of this, this storm, this trouble, this trial, this test, that, Lord, we'll, we'll be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and we'll say, regardless of how this turns out, I'm not coming to God because I have something I can get. I'm coming to God because of what he's done. And first and foremost, it was he came to deal with the separation of sin and and, and the, the, the problem that kept me from a relationship with, with the Almighty God. Because Jesus came and bore my sin, took it, paid the price, redeemed me. I can have victory in him. Father, I just pray for anybody who's, who's not made that decision or, or maybe are not sure that they'd say, Jesus, I believe in you. I ask you to get, forgive me of my sin. I ask you to come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior and forgive me. Father God, I thank you and I praise you that you hear the cry of their heart. And I thank you and praise you, Father, that you meet them right where they're at. In that room, in that truck, car, right now or later on. But Father God, I thank you and I praise you that you meet them. And Lord, I pray that, that as they pray that prayer with sincerity, that Lord God, you, you do come into their heart, that they are saved. And Father, I thank you and I praise you that you begin to transform and change their life. We give you praise and glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen.